0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Long Lost Heroes podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Frank, here, as always, with AJ. How are you? I'm doing well, man. And boy, do we have another fun episode today. Um, We are talking about uh, 2015's Marvel Studios Avengers Age of Ultron. Yes. Um, Again, another one that we decided to cover uh, because we're talking Wanda vision so much lately. and we thought that um, it would be a fun way to go back and look at the origins of uh, Wanda Scarlet Witch um, vision and the original Pietro uh, Quicksilver.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, at the time, seeing this movie, um, you know, I remember there being such hype for it. I remember the marketing was super aggressive. Yep. Um, yeah, man. uh, th- and, and I also remember like the slate of phase two being announced after, uh, you know, Avengers one. Right. And pretty quickly.
0: We were, this was like. Oh, three years feels like we're waiting forever, right? For the next Avengers movie.
1: (laughs) It was, it did, it did feel like forever. And it was interesting, you know, they, um, you know, so phase two is obviously, you know, like Iron Man three, Thor, the dark world, Captain America, winter soldier, guardians of the galaxy. And then, um, this this movie and then Ant-Man and then Ant-Man, but like this for phase two, like, you know, was really the big culmination. Um, and you know hearing about like oh the comic of age of ultron which this does not really have anything to do with no (laughs) um and yeah it's just this you know it's a cool title and you know they brought back uh joss at the time who is in a ton of hot water right now
0: a ton of hot water uh it's you know i was talking to a friend about this it's like as much as the of all the things that he's been involved in, whether you're a huge Buffy fan, Firefly, Avengers, like it's huge. I do think that the the properties belong to the fans now, and it's like as much as it started with him, and but there's so many other people involved as well. Like it's disappointing to see things going this way, but you know I'm glad that it's finally coming coming out um, uh, of this unfortunate uh behavior that he um you know treated the way he treated all of his uh colleagues and just the, the sex yeah the,
1: the stuff like, from onset is not fun to hear. No. Um and you know it doesn't it doesn't surprise me from like listening to a couple of his commentaries that he could probably be kind of a dick. Yeah. Um yeah.
0: he's one of those mean guys. <laughs> he's like, oh it's fun to to, to be self deprecating and be like a dick all the time. But then like you see it but like when the cameras aren't rolling, what? how bad can it be?
1: Yeah, it can um, really fuck your shit up. Yeah. Um, He lost his HBO show. Um, You know, he's being kind of trounced, I think, because Buffy is coming back in some way, right? Or something. Why is how did that all resurface like that? Felt I don't, like it was so big.
0: I don't really know. I think it was just like. You know, it, it all started with Ray Fisher and with the Justice League, and right, other, that's true. Yes, and I I'm think sorry. other people are now just like, you know, what? It's it's time. Uh, other people, uh, the wow. the high execs or these like people that have power have fallen. So like, take take him wow. him down now. Um, so yeah, and obviously, even with like Snyder cut and everything like that. I'm I don't think they're, they're necessarily going to rewrite um and, and go that Snyder cut as canon but they're trying to distance themselves I think from uh what Joss did. So yeah, it's unfortunate because his hands are so uh deeply um involved in especially this movie and just like the the Avengers and MCU franchise um and a lot of the humor and just kind of the the way that it, it Yeah, was this
1: movie, you know, I, I think this movie is definitely peak Joss Whedon, and I know that that's that like that's not really fair because I think a lot of people would probably say Firefly is like peak Joss Whedon. Um, I would say this is peak Joss Whedon because this is like the most money and acclaim like he's ever gonna get for a project that like everyone kind of loves, right? Right. Like after this, like it all kind of goes downhill, and it, you know with what goes on with justice league and then where we are today with his career. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. I think that looking at, uh, you know, this movie, um, again, you know, thinking about that, I don't know. It's hard to watch, you know, comedy movies. I think again and again and again, that aren't like, you know, really there for the spectacle of different jokes. And I think that, like, something that this movie um, was definitely criticized for at the time was kind of the jokey nature of the dialogue. Yeah. And that it's just not really, like, ever too, too serious. Yeah, I can see that. You know, like, you know, we can can get into spoilers. We can talk about anything. But, like, I don't know, just, like, rewatching this movie and, like, thinking about the Joss Whedon of it all and, and, like, not and remembering all the jokes and like not laughing again. It's like, well, okay. Like, wouldn't it maybe have been cooler to like, you know, enjoyed what the characters were saying to each other. Yeah. (laughs) You know, know, for the inherent value.
0: And it's weird because like this movie is now almost six years old. Like, right. And I mean, I, I can't even count the amount of times I've seen it now. It's like, because it's such a, um, a central part of, of this franchise. Like, it spins out in so many different ways, like the plots from here um, that you kind of need to watch it. um, That, yeah, I I agree with you. Like maybe if, instead of having so many jokes and like how many, if you rewatch a movie, like the jokes just, you you know what they are. They don't land as hard every time. And um, especially like this, it's, it may have been uh, too much. (laughs) Um, Yeah,
1: this is, this is it. You know, um, I think, you know, Avengers you know, when whatever comes out comes out about Joss Whedon, like whatever his next steps are after his Hollywood loves a comeback, you know, wh- whenever his comeback happens, if that ever does, <laughs> you know, his acclaims will always be 2012 Avengers. And it, and I think a little bit of of what he did here and kind of handing off the MCU in a big way. Yeah. And I I think we could also talk about how I think Marvel kind of is changing through the process of doing Avengers and beginning phase two, starting the relationship with the Russos. And, you know, kind of, you know, in in the original talks of what this movie was going to become, you know, Joss is quoted as saying, like, I want this to be a small story. I want this to really deal with the characters moving on and to see them fail. Yeah. you know and in large part we do get that but i think and I'm, I'm sorry for just droning on and on i think this is maybe the first movie that really felt like a commercial for more movies
0: yeah yeah well and they because they set up so much right they're like they're teasing these uh, the ideas of um unrest within the team and like p- possibilities of this like civil war then they're they're teasing up everything with all the infinity stones and Thanos and and all that you um i mean i I think you can even draw threads all the way to the end with endgame right and that's probably more more a a credit to the russos like tying it back than necessarily like joss like looking ahead um but but yeah, no, it does feel like at times that, and that, and I think that's another big criticism of this movie, kind of in a similar way to uh, like Iron Man two. What people always say is like it's like really universe expanding. I mean, how many new characters are, are in this movie alone? And like, um, just it, I do feel like the the Ultron story maybe gets a little bit um, of it gets second, shafted. It, it yeah, does. yeah,
1: and it, there's just. I think you do have a good performance from James Spader, you know, I think the lines that he gets to talk about are are truly funny, right? Like the things that he gets to say, you know, it, yeah. I, it, I think that the stuff that he's trying to do like his characterization is good, but he's not given enough to do. He's not and, given
0: enough to do, and I mean, I maybe disagree a little bit. I think there are some really good lines, there are some funny lines, but then sometimes I'm just like, uh I just feel like it's a little bit too, they, he goes to like, like they make a point early on in the movie to be like, Oh, let me uh, take this time to explain my evil plan. Like winking at the audience. Like this is something that always happens in a movie, but then later on he does it. And he also monologues and he like, is like, Oh, like leave me alone. You're pissing me off. Like all those like standard, like villain things.
1: Yeah. He's not given, I think, the cred that like he's kind of given in the comics, you know what I mean? Where like, he's a real good threat and adversary to all of the Avengers. Yeah. And you're just not given enough of that. This is also, I think it has to be Disney seeing that this is really a very kid friendly franchise. And now we have to pivot even harder into the lifeless, you know, beings that the Avengers crush and that now it's all just going to be robots. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's, that was kind of, a, you know, there's, this movie is very sterile, you know, like it's, devo- it's, it's devoid. Like it does have a lot of conflict, but it's devoid of like, like the grit that makes movies like, you know, have, I, I think bigger questions in them. And like, before we get any further, we should definitely play the plot game. Um, oh, but, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm curious to hear more of what you have to say.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, Who's doing the plot game?
1: I'll try. Okay. Um, After completing the events of New York City 2012, the Avengers are seeking the Loki Scepter at a Hydra base in Sokovia. They recover it, learn that it's sentient, create Ultron. Hilarity ensues. (laughs) Um, You know, like there's a couple other things in there, but that's kind of it. And then the ending, I think, is ending is also interesting in this movie. Um, This feels like one of the first movies to deal with the next step of this crazy destruction we see in these movies and like the, the way that they deal with the people at the, on the floating city in the sky at the end of this movie mm-hmm. is, is very different than I think that they would have dealt with before like man of steel and, uh, and Avengers. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean, I I think this movie also has the problem of um kind of the external factors of like, I don't remember when they announced the, the phase three slate, but I, I don't think, um, like, we were all like, oh, is, is Tony Stark done? Are we getting Iron Man 4? Is he going to, like, not be in these movies anymore? And then all of a sudden it, like, explodes and he's, he's back for so many more. It, it was very uncertain, I feel like, for a little while. And, and this movie kind of ends that way. With like, oh, we've got a whole new team. (laughs) Um, And and it doesn't really, you don't really have as much of a passing of a torch, um, which I I think in hindsight now, it's like, obviously they didn't have to. um, But they all kind of talk about, I was like, okay, you know, Hawkeye's back at his farm. Thor's flying away. Like, I don't know. It just, it is a weird ending. And I feel like it takes a while to end. I was like, come on, let's go. Gotta record. It does. This podcast. movie has a little bit of Return to the King syndrome. <laughs>
1: um, but where I think this movie has I think the be- this movie's best moments are actually introducing the new characters. Yes. And uh you know, like there's a lot of care and thought with Marvel about the introduction of any of these characters into their universe. And I think that for what it's worth, like you get you know, Wanda and um, Pietro in a post-credit scene, which is always exciting. It's always fun to get that. Yep. And then to see their powers, you know, fully realized, t- fifteen minutes into the movie, always super gratifying. I mean, even and then, before
0: that, it's like pre um, pre title card. Like this movie has basically a cold open.
1: Yes. So, and it's a you know the cool. I like I like the way that they are finally brought into the movie officially. Yeah. And I think that seeing them and using their powers and even their characterizations early on, you know, accents at all, um, (laughs) there was care given to say like, oh, we want to use this, these characters further into the future than they're going to be here in this movie right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And And I do think, you know, as we've been talking about WandaVision, like, this has their origin and you've got the nice um, dialogue of, of uh, Pietro like describing um, to Ultron, like wh- why they, they hate Stark and, and the Avengers and why they volunteered just basically the whole story about the, their city getting uh, blown up and they have the shell sitting in front of them um, when they're 10 years old and their parents die and they're just waiting for three days and think that every Time the rubble shifts, it's gonna blow up and kill them, and it's just like this ticking time bomb right in front of them with with his name on it. So, um, you you understand their resentment of him
1: a hundred percent. Like you're you're there, and I think that oftentimes the best you know villains are the the ones that they create you know through what they're doing. And oh yeah, it you know their their motivation is is quite clear from the very beginning. So you're never you know, lost for, for what's going on. I also think that, you know, it's interesting that when they're introducing these characters, you know, they're meant to seem like other super powered individuals, but little do we know, like how powerful they're going to be setting Wanda up to be.
0: Right. And, and how interesting is it that they're all tied to the mind stone, right? Like,
1: yeah, it's, it's,
0: it's Wanda and Pietro to a degree, uh, Ultron and vision, all from the Mindstone stone. And, and I think that that is not a coincidence <laughs> and, right. and the way that they use the Mindstone in this movie. Um, I think it's, you know, it's a little bit of a retcon um, from Avengers one with the scepter. Um, but they finally like, all right, we we're doing the infinity saga. So we kind of have something that controls minds. Let's just use that.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, exactly.
0: But yeah, no, they, they set her up to be super powerful. Um, and like, to the point where it she um, when she's a villain in this movie she is a huge threat and when she is a hero in this movie she's a huge ally and asset right like and she's only like learning i feel like she's both of them are still very green and like are learning the ropes and like how to really best use their powers and um i think you know I, the one cool thing about the the way this movie starts is like the Avengers themselves, the core six from the beginning are a well oiled machine. Like they've been practicing, they've got moves. Sure. And so you add in these new players and you kind of like, okay, they've got to, they've got to find their place. They've got to figure out how they can be helpful to the rest of the team. Yeah.
1: It, I think that the dynamics of the team, you know, are always interesting movie to movie. Um, and they and they change it up a lot. I, I think it does really shift in civil war when when the Russos really do take over kind of everybody. Um that like you know, just like the banter changes, right? Like and the motivations change. Like we had a love interest in this movie, like that wasn't fulfilled, like ultimately in the in the movies. Like yeah. why did that happen? You know, then there's also um uh, the, the way that Tony Stark and Bruce Banner are so close, they're never going to be this close again. in the movies, you Gee. know, and when it, you see and catch up with people later on, it just feels like they like how you do with regular people. You grow and you change. And it felt very natural at the time. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I also think like Hawkeye has a ton of stuff to do in this movie. Um, but Thor is given like video game plot, <laughs> you know. Like it's weird.
0: Yeah. So I think Hawkeye. Hawkeye's is interesting to me, um, and I actually do like a lot of the stuff they do with him because he was really kind of he got the short end of the stick in the first one. He was definitely, you know, mind controlled for for most of that movie, and so you finally get him here, and you've got you learn more about his backstory and like. I do love that he's the mentor to the new kids because he's like, look at me. I got a bow and arrow. What am I doing? <laughs> like you guys have superpowers, right. like go out there and do your jobs. And I, I it's interesting. Um, obviously the way they it's, it's either, it, I feel like they're trying to telegraph like, Oh, somebody's going to die. Could it be Hawkeye? Cause he's like, uh, you know, just like a regular dude. Um, but for him to not die in this movie, it ultimately just shows like the humanity of the team that kind of will continue on through the rest of the saga.
1: Well, somebody had to die in this movie. Let's be real. Like, I think that there was a lot of discussion in the first Avengers movie that Tony Stark was going to die. And then I think after we learned that he was going to be coming back for a whole bunch of movies, um, for Ultron, we were cool. Um, Ultron and Beyond, we were cool, but like I think going into this, we knew somebody was going down.
0: You know? Well, and and so I, I think that's a perfect point to to transition here and, and to talk about uh Pietro. Um Sure. Uh, especially in the context of WandaVision. It's got it's a bummer, man.
1: It sucks. Like Yeah, it is it it it, it does fall pretty hard. It's um, um
0: I don't know. It gets me a lot because I feel like, you know, he's just this kid and he doesn't really know he's in over his head. And I also feel like Wanda was maybe the one that was pushing them a little bit more. And he's just kind of following her. Sure. Um, And then like, you know, for him to like have this like heroic sacrifice, is like, Oh, such a gut punch because I also don't feel like his character developed enough and it just doesn't feel like as complete as it could.
1: No, um, and that's really because it's just there's just not enough time. No, you know, uh, I think it was an interesting choice, I guess, to kill him off in this movie. You know, I don't know if I, you know, looking back on it, maybe it would have been cool to have him go on and Hawkeye not, you know, think about the way that the team would have changed. Oh I don't know, like this one when you, you know, when he does go down. It's very impactful, but I think that something that we're we're seeing in WandaVision now is really kind of the grief. Like when we catch up with her in Civil War, like she's not like you know, there's no like you know, there's no grief. We we don't see that movie.
0: No, and you know, you. And it's probably because yeah, we don't see that movie, and then like they immediately set her up into this this other disaster in, in civil war. Um, right. And then there's also kind of like this budding romance between her and vision. So like, there's only so much time you can, and this, and this is what we talked about. I feel like a couple episodes ago at the start of WandaVision. It's like, we, there's so
1: much of these characters that we've seen, but so much we haven't. Right. And, you know, I think Quicksilver would have been a really great like character to like play within a cartoon, like for the Avengers and like, you know, go on different, different, you know, adventures with, and it definitely is a fun thing to have a, a, a speedster in your, in your lineup. And, you know, they don't really, you know, maximize him and he's kind of maximum off. He's, you know, <laughs> he's definitely, you know, sidelined early on. I think that's, you know, we also have to kind of maybe think that that's intentional that they were like, let's not get you too attached. So you're not so sad when he does go.
0: I, and I, and I do think that's the case. I think that is, like, watching it now, it's really obvious. And watching it and seeing, like, when Cap's going over the radio and he's like, if you get killed, walk, walk it off. It and off, it's, like, yeah. looking right at Pietro. It's like, uh, all right. It's really obvious. But um I, it, so here's a question for you. Like, in Phase 1, we have mm. solo movies for Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Hulk. And ultimately, they introduce... Uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye in in those phase one movies before everyone teams up in the Avengers. Right. Do you think there would have been some benefit to introducing Quicksilver and and Scarlet Witch or Wanda and Pietro earlier on, whether in their own movie or just like being a part of another plot of another movie before they got into the team-up movie of the Avengers Age of Ultron?
1: Hmm. Um, maybe it would, maybe would have been nice to see them be a real threat to a adventure before we started to see them fight all of the Avengers. Yeah. And you know, that maybe there would have been added value in, in kind of seeing them emerge more slowly. But I also get, you know, that in, in these movies, they're pressed for time, right? So you kind of have to be able to say, okay, like if we put these characters in this movie, Like there's got to be a good enough reason for it, and like their importance to the general storyline, like has to be there, you know. And I think, not necessarily that they knew very early on how they were going to play it out to today, but I'm sure that like the planning that they did and like the decisions that they were made and that the, the game theory that took place to say like no 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 we want Wanda and we want Vision, we're gonna let Quicksilver go. But uh, we want to see these characters on the field for when we have to do more Avengers-level events. Mm-hmm. Okay, next question.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that um, they they killed off Quicksilver in this movie because of Days of Future Past and maybe like what they knew kind of behind the scenes of how that Fox was going to keep using the character and, like, just so that audiences wouldn't get too confused.
1: I think that definitely could be a factor. We know that like the relationship between Fox and Disney and Feige, like specifically Laura Schuler Donner and Feige, who worked together earlier on in the early days of Marvel, like they were cool. Yeah. Like, so it would have made sense to be like, oh, like we want to use Quicksilver, you know, we're going to, we have this character, we've already introduced him and them saying, you know what? Like, we were going to try it but it's you know we can use him here and use him for motivation for other things we want to do later on with Wanda yeah and i think that that was a good decision because yes you, they did net like two iconic movie cinema scenes out of it but maybe that is not as important as the character arc that we're going to see with Wanda
0: that's a very very good point um you know sometimes like ha- having that loss as the as the instigator for her entire story is, is, is more important than just seeing the cool scenes. Cause like ultimately in this movie, like you, there's like some little fun things with, with Quicksilver. Like I think I me, don't,
1: I don't love the powers in this to me that this looks like the cheapest way to do a speedster, which is to like show them, you know, as, as a, a blur, blur <laughs> right. You know, I, like
0: <laughs> the thing I love is when he tries to grab Mjolnir.
1: <laughs> yeah that's that, that that's actually probably the one of the better sequences but like i think everybody you know after you saw that days of future past sequence the real trick of it is to make it to go slow and to make it feel like they're traveling so fast that we could never comprehend it and how would you play around in yeah. that space and i think that's entirely more interesting than you know how they could ever shoot like the old flash tv show and you know what they did here i don't know so much about what they do on the new flash but you know the old flash just he just looked like sonic it was a red blur on the screen (laughs) and he's just running around and and like yes like I, i get it it's a great power but it's not pick. it's not like i don't know the fun that you have also and i was thinking about this today it was like all of the four guy Avengers more or less choose or take the risk to take on their powers. Right. Right. Like, like Steve goes in to take the super soldier serum. Thor is wants to be king of Asgard. You know, Bruce Banner does the gamma experiment on himself. Tony Stark is a crazy salesman and does build Iron Man. Yeah. You know, like it's it's different than characters like Wanda who you know are given powers by external forces, you know, that you, you know it's not necessar- is it necessarily her choice? Well, I mean, she vol they they say they volunteered um for
0: the experiments, but like we don't really know the full extent of what Hydra was doing. Um like that's a whole other thing that that just kind of gets brushed under the rug after the first like thirty minutes. Like, there's more to the Hydra of it all, and they just kind of ignore it, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, I mean yeah, do they willingly become? But they, it's not like they're willingly becoming Avengers. They don't know what they're doing. They're just like, oh, let's let's see what we can do with. The, what they they don't have a, a great life, and they're trying to do something. We don't know if they're trying to do good. We just know that they want something different, um, and and not until they they go through the events of this movie do they realize that they want to use their powers for good.
1: Right, and it you know they make a they make the choice. You know what I mean. And I think that's something that we're about to see. You know, kind of change. And this is something that I was thinking about. You know, within Wand Wandavision, if those kids you know exist outside of you know the hex then they're probably, like, the first mutants, right? Like, they're just born with powers.
0: I like, I guess so. I mean, and that's another <laughs> huge topic that is probably more appropriate on those episodes uh, because we've right. been speculating, well, how are mutants going to come into the MCU? Um, but, yeah, that that is definitely a way it could be done. Um, the, the Hex seemingly, like you've said before, a reverse House of M. Um, so... The things I, there is a lot to like about this movie. I
1: what yeah. What is your favorite thing about this? Let's talk about that. Um, hmm. I think my favorite
0: scene is the birth of Vision.
1: Okay, yeah, it's pretty exciting.
0: Um, and so like, just like getting like you get the little tease earlier on when when Ultron is working on the body, you kind of see him and then with the mind stone and and when wanda looks into its mind his mind and then ultimately when thor comes in and like does the the lightning on him you know at first you're like oh is he trying to destroy it and then right. you no know, it's a misdirect and he's trying to power him up and and birth the vision um and I That's just th- awesome. i think just like the movie stops and it slows down and it gives this like it, it gives time to this character's birth and, like, everyone's, like, uh, reaction to him. And, like, I think just when it culminates and he lifts millionaire it's like, I just love looking look everyone's face and just, like, like how, do you know that you can trust me? And then he just hands him the hammer. It's like, hell yes.
1: Yeah, it was definitely, you know... <sighs> like you said about this movie, stopping and starting, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of this movie that, that could have gotten chopped (laughs) and you know, division scene is definitely not one I would. Um, I like the Avengers mansion, the Avengers tower. Like I like them like all there together and like hanging around and like that whole conflict scene is really good and it gets super exciting and tense. And you're like, what the fuck is going to happen? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that definitely holds up, you know, that will always be very fun and it's kind of cool that they were all there and involved, you know? Yeah. Um, what else, what else do you like? Keep going.
0: I, I mean, I think for what it's worth, like I do think that some of the action set pieces are, are pretty strong. Um, I think, uh, there's like three moments in particular that kind of stand out to me. Um, I think the kind of the opening sequence when we first see them as a team, like really, like I said before, well-oiled, they've got new moves and tricks up their sleeves. Like things are rocking and rolling. Um, I think the, the Hulkbuster fight, which was like all over the marketing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, for someone who loves an action sequence, I think this sequence it, it's so low stakes that, like, it doesn't, to me, this is, like, a bad, this is, like, a toy commercial. You're and, right. And, and, like, and, like, it loses the value of the story because I'm not thinking, like, oh, the Hulk is going to join Ultron and going to go off on his total event own, own adventure. Like, no, like, whatever's happening here will come to an end. And then Hulk will be back. Like I've seen the credit, the, the, I've seen the, I've seen the trailer already. Like yeah. he's in the end shot. Like l- let's get to that part. And like, to me, just making this, the scenes for the toys is as a toy collector is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not, it's not what it's about. It should be serving the story correctly. That's a and like point. yeah, And like, yes, it does show like how strong Wanda is. Like, Yes, she can, you know, um, totally manipulate people's minds and, and make them go crazy. But, you know, we know that the Hulk can destroy shit.
0: That's true. We, we've seen him do that before. And for, like, whatever reason, they make it seem like it's a, a bigger deal that he's, like, out in public now. Well, they ha-
1: well now they have to deal in, in the post-Twitter world where people have talked shit about Man of Steel. And they're like, shit, like, why is all this wanton destruction happening? And we're not thinking about, you know, the civilian cost. Personally, I don't give a shit. But, like, I think it did play a role in how these movies were supposed to be thought about, not necessarily how they're totally executed. Cause you see the hard retcons in Justice League where they're like, or in Batman vs Superman, we're like, "It's an abandoned island. Go over there. Yeah. Uh, there are people but,
0: over here. We have to rescue them." Remember, you know,
1: <laughs> you know, like that to me is worse. But yeah, you know, in this one, when they're actively saving the people, it serves the story, and they're you know not contributing to this idea that we can just have this crazy destruction and it doesn't matter. There are yeah. no consequences. That's
0: that's true, and and it works later on, but it doesn't work there with the Hulkbuster fight. It it just looks cool, and you're right. It's not um it doesn't it's not really servicing the story in a good way. Um. So, but then I'll say my third one that I think is kind of a really fun highlight, um, which is kind of an homage back to the first movie, is the big um, circular scene in the church where you see all the Avengers fighting all the robots and you. You see them kind of working together and um, it's just epic and like the music swelling and it, it's really like, you know, Ultron had just said his speech, like all of me versus all of you kind of thing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's awesome. I think, uh, you know, I think we don't really get that anymore. I think that was kind of a Joss Whedon thing, right? Like we don't have the same level. I mean, there's, Absolutely awesome action set pieces in Civil War, Infinity War, and End Endgame. But it's not that same like here's this cool moment where they're all working together.
1: No, they don't do. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um I yeah, I like the Avenger porn. I guess you could say the gifts. You know, like yeah. Th- it-, it is. It is definitely cool to have those action moments, and that you can really get lost and look, and there is a lot of care made to make sure that every, you know, pixel of that frame is interesting and exciting. Um yeah, I I don't know. I feel like this movie is is you know, it's designed to kind of leave you in a down note and like that's not what you want from the Avengers and I think that some and, well, and we're going to talk about that hold on. But like something that like my dad said about 2012 Avengers was like, that movie is very much like a ride, right? Like you go to the theater, you experience that, you know, two hour, you know, you know, story ride. And then you get off this one, you have those elements, but then you have also all of this, you know, franchise establishment and, uh, sequel (laughs) nourishment, you know, and you have, you know, big, you know, plot rifts within the characters and like you, you leave it and you're like, Oh, like I feel down. And like, that was like a crappy ride. kind of confused. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like
0: supposed to think
1: (laughs) what's going on. And then you get to a movie like infinity war, which is also kind of like a ride, but it ends in a different way where instead of it being, uh, you know, confusing and, um, pointing in different directions like we know like the major conflict and now we know who our heroes are who now have to deal with that
0: right and we know the end result and and where things are going right and and that like what the mission of the movie we didn't realize was that Thanos was winning right like that was the the end end goal for that film and you get there and you're like okay, that's that. It's sad and it sucks, but we know there's another movie coming out next year. Yeah. They're going to figure it out. Um, Yeah. But this one, you're right. It's kind of like, huh? Where are things going? Like I said before, everyone's going off in different directions, but why?
1: But why? And it just feels like they, you know, they're trying to track these trajectories and sometimes they work and sometimes, you know, they, they just weren't you know, planned out as well. And that's cool. You know, we, we live and we love with the MCU. I think we're, we're, you know, this movie is, is just a, is a picture into a different time when they didn't know how far they could take it, how far certain characters were going to be able to go. And, you know, again, like it totally broke records. It wasn't critically as received well as the, as the first Avengers. But I think, you know, the legacy of this movie, um, at least right now, is is pretty strong within what's going on with Wanda. Like that, yeah. you know, I saw a meme the other day where it's like, oh, you didn't like Age of Ultron, congratulations, it's the new linchpin of the entire MCU. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you didn't like Thor the Dark World? Oh, it's now a major part of, you know, Avengers Endgame. Like they're it's a it they I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the retconning, but I know that I like the direction we're going in now yeah absolutely and
0: you know what if if they can keep moving forward and the new things that they can do will enhance the older things in better ways like where maybe there were missteps that's fine that's fine yeah because it's gonna go on forever like we you know we're gonna be in, in 40 years we're gonna look back and be like i your on the second avengers movie
1: out of 50 like <laughs> like i think What this movie does that, like, they kind of did with, like, Robert Downey Jr., which you can kind of do because of, like, his Robert Downey Jr.-ness, is, like, you can kind of give him, like, just one thing to do, and he'll make it seem like he's doing more. But he's really not, you know? True. Like, in this movie, he creates AI. In the next movie, he becomes a diplomat. Like, they don't really... You don't need to overcomplicate it, you know what I mean? And I think what they do with kind of Cap in this movie is, you know, they're just kind of treading water in some ways. And like, they don't, you know, uh, it's this kind of the same. Well, and then the Thor problem of it all, the Thor thing is weird in this movie. Wait, 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 Uh, finish your cap thought.
0: So they, they're treading water to get to civil war, basically. Like,
1: yeah. Like, it's not like he's like, you know, he's just saying his speeches in this movie. Like he's back to being speechy cap. (laughs) Like, Yeah. You know, and like, what did he, he learn from Winter Soldier? Nothing. You know, yeah. your speeches are the answer to everything, Captain America. Right. I, and I think that's what one thing that's hard about
0: these movies in, in that, like, it, where it's different than a comic book or a TV show is that you don't have the opportunity to kind of tell the in-between story, right? Right. If, if we could have seen more along the way, of what these characters were going through and then like pick up after this before we get to civil war, because like civil war is only one movie away. Like, and and the Ant-Man stuff is really inconsequential to the overall plot. Like it's, it's civil war is basically Avengers 2.5. Like that's where we go from here. And for whatever reason, it seems like everyone is on the same page and then, and then shit falls apart. Obviously there's an inciting incident in civil war, which we will get to when we cover that movie. But, like, yeah, I don't know. It it, it does feel like there's a lot in, in the in-betweens that's missing. And then they basically have to set themselves up because if you're going to do Civil War, you can't have Thor and Hulk there.
1: No. And that's why they, they have s- to go away.
0: They send them off into their own directions uh, because they're too powerful. Because they're also not in the comic book. <laughs> right. So
1: they can't be there to, to fuck up the shit. It's... It's just like it just seems like a lot of chess. This movie and like it's not an and I think so much of what Avengers one is is the fun of the in between things, and this movie like whenever they're doing other stuff, it's not so super fun. It's always setting something up or paying something off. You know, it's not that they're like like and well, let's talk about the two like before we uh you know we're coming up on our time here, but the. I don't love the party sequence. I think it's a little cheesy. I think it's a little cheese action. What do you think of the party sequence?
0: Yeah. I don't love it. It also like it, it presents problems of like, yeah, why isn't Pepper and Jane there? Like <laughs> they have to like call it yeah. stuff like that. And like, yeah, it's fun to see. Again, I think they're trying to do the in-betweens and be like, Oh yeah, this is what happens after the Avengers win a big battle. They get to go have these fun parties. Um, and we want to, you know, give you a glimpse into that. But then it just like, it's a little too much. Although I do love the payoff of, of the hammer later on. And also caps little nudgy. Yeah. That's fantastic. (laughs) Sure. Yes. Um, the
1: implications. Yes. Um, but as always,
0: yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit much, um,
1: yeah I don't know i'm I'm sorry, I know you like this movie. Well, I'm just not that huge of a fan of it. I think it's still good i you know it's definitely an interesting rewatch. I just think sometimes you fall asleep well I,
0: I, it's it's not that like i when I say I was excited to talk about it, it's because I'm excited to talk about an Avengers movie. It's like been a long time since we've done that. yeah, that's um, true. and you know the music gets me all like happy and everything.
1: uh the music in this movie's weird, well, yeah.
0: I I mean, it was, was, the end credits was playing and that's what kind of got me. I was like, oh, Oh, right, right, right. um, But yeah, I think um, it's nowhere close to the top of my list. No. It's like, it's easily in the middle to the bottom. It's like, but you know, that's just kind of the way. And because there are so many other better ones. But again, I think this movie is so important in so many ways to everything else that comes later that you can't ignore it and you can't skip it,
1: um, right? It, it is so pivotal.
0: Yeah, and and like you said, it was it's a big chess game with like also this Ultron story happening in the middle. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, kind of like well, he doesn't even seem that big of a threat at times. Like no, I you because he's not a threat like they can destroy his bodies no problem it's just like oh he's deciding to lift this rock and like he created this big thing that's gonna happen and like yeah that's his it's from him and you know he no one else could have done that but i don't know it's not it's not like thanos
1: it's not no it's it's not on that level but the (laughs) what i think is interesting about you know they didn't do any of like the major tropes you do with a robot character. Like it just didn't seem like they made a ton of Terminator jokes, or like really kind of played out like a lot of the you know tried and true tropey stuff. Where I think in, when they did the time travel thing in, in Endgame, they kind of leaned into that. I would it, I think it could have been interesting to see them kind of you know maybe grappling with that. I also think I would have liked to have seen the exposition where they say that there are robots like landing all over the world and Wanda is there and they're stealing the stuff and bringing it back to Ultron. Like, I feel like that actually would have been cool to see. Yeah. And definitely given more credibility to them as bad guys for a little bit.
0: Right. <laughs> cause, cause it, they don't last that long as bad guys. You can see that uh, pretty, pretty soon after that they're questioning things. Um, but no, you're absolutely right that like, he's not a Terminator. He's not that threatening in and of himself. Like maybe if he got into the, the visions body, um, that would have been interesting. Um, if they, they had it, like he was part, he was in it for a bit and then they changed it and got him out and put, you know, Jarvis and everything in there. Like, I don't know that that could have been scary. Um, definitely again, if, if they instead had a multi-part, age of ultron series instead of just one movie could have been very cool yeah, i agree with you because now it's now it's a little bit wasted and and like you said you like james spader i he's not my favorite part of, and it's kind of sad because i like him as an actor and i think he's in some ways wasted now right like
1: yeah i i mm, good question I don't know if they would ever bring him back. I'm. Sh- I think he would come back because he- it's not like he's like he was really acting in every scene. I don't think. Um, but what is, I think, interesting about, um, kind of having this like one-timey villain, is like there is so much that does actually come after it, like the Sokovia Accords and things like this. That like his implications maybe are big enough. Maybe we maybe. Like, we're just thinking about it in terms of, like, what we see in the movie and not, like, what actually is kind of going on, you know, for the larger part of it. We just don't see him as, you know, he's quipping the whole movie. He's, he's not, yeah, <laughs> you know, being really very scary. <laughs> he quipping um, the whole movie. <laughs> um, I don't know. They introduced Wakanda in this movie. Well, they introduced Wakanda in Iron Man 2. But... They they meant they name dropped Wakanda for the first time in this movie, um, and that is that was I remember being very fun. But again, we're franchise building. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> you know it's just so big. It, um, I don't I, I don't know. I this movie is an interesting place. I think that after this movie in Phase Three, not only were directors I think given a little bit more. Um, freedom to make the individual character movies kind of, you know, be what they were going to be Taika Waititi and, and James Gunn, uh, and Scott Derrickson. But I also think that, uh, once they kind of fell in love with the Russos and kind of were able to buy, get them to buy into this multi-movie multi-year plan, um, that maybe there were kind of like two separate like kind of plans, right? Like you say like, okay, like here's the big story, right? And yeah. then, okay, you guys over here, just make sure you get back to the big story. You can kind of have your freedom now. And I think that's done with a lot more care and love with With the exception of Ant-Man 2, which we could talk about some other time, but we already did actually. Um You know, that... it. those movies feel felt different and a part of a different era. Whereas I think a lot of the phase two stuff feels very together and on brand and muted in its colors and, uh, you know, kind of for all of phase two kind of just takes a downturn.
0: Well, it's interesting you say that. I I mean, I think that (sighs) because you have like winter soldier and guardians of the galaxy. And I think those are, near the top of like all of the movies. And those are so in- independently, you know, they're, they're focusing on their own things. Whereas like, yeah, I do think Thor, the dark world is, is a dud and Iron Man three is kind of like, you know, an acquired, taste. Right. But I do think that they're kind of doing their own thing. Um, and more so than, uh, I don't think there's like a whole bunch of world building, like, as much as in age of Ultron, like obviously guardians of the galaxy, the, that franchise itself is literal world building because we had never seen any of these characters before, but it's not that connected. It's not like, Oh, we're reflecting all these other events that are happening on earth.
1: You mean Um, phase? So phase two is doing more original stuff.
0: I I think, well, I think they're like, they're expanding on the existing characters. Obviously the other original things are, uh, Guardians. I just feel like like they're able to tell their own stories without being like we have to get to Age of Ultron. Sure. Like there, obviously the big one is is Warner Soldier with the big Hydra twist, but um, and that's probably the the most connected to like the overarching story. Um, because even like Thor: The Dark World, yeah, it has an Infinity Stone, but it doesn't really feel like it. No, that's true.
1: But I I I think in phase two you see a lot of infinity stones start to get dropped and you continue to see that through phase three, but then all of the movies in phase three where you've already seen an infinity stone, they're not as important. Right? So like G- Guardians two, there's no infinity stone. Right. In um Thor Ragnarok there's no infinity stones. In well, I guess there technically is. So, you know, it, you it just get, they just, they lose as, as importance. Also that pickup in Ragnarok where he's like, I was chasing these infinity stones. They're not very important. What, what, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Right. You, like that was literally
1: what he was doing. And then it's, he just decides to change. He just gave mind. up. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's always fun with them. I think this, I think this movie represents like, again, like an interesting time. Like it was right when things were about to really change again. I think this is right before Feige really gets a lot more control. Um, yeah, and you know, then you start to see them take a lot more chances and do a lot more weird stuff. And and okay, what kind of is going on now? They you know? re-
0: they realize like by the time they got to this movie that they they have control over the fans. <laughs> They've got a plan, and they're you know what was this is probably what is this a twelfth movie? I don't even remember how many. Something it's up there. It's like yeah. Pat- so like that's that's a lot. That's they ne- no other franchise had done something like this at this point. A sequel with all like other interconnected sequels beforehand. They they no. were they were already rocking and rolling, and so this one comes out. Yeah, okay, we got a problem, but we've got bigger plans ahead.
1: Yeah, don't worry, stay tuned, folks. Yes, we got we're bigger fish to fry. Um, yeah. Final thoughts. Anything else? Uh
0: I. I don't know. I, I you alluded to it before. I, I how do
1: you feel about the the Natasha Bruce plot? I think it's like just if you think about it as something that I was specifically put in for this movie, then like you can kind of forgive it. If you think about it like in the larger like comic scheme, like it doesn't really hold water. and if you're like, oh, like you know, why? <laughs> um then I know. yeah, you know it's it's weird. i I don't know. I feel like it could have worked, you know, um, but it was, I think it's more interesting that they didn't pay it off than than if they did, you know what I mean? Like that by kind of like having this thing kind of be a one-off and then going in different directions, like leaves more, you know, well, I guess we know where he went, but like, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess we'll never know now that she's really gone, but yeah. You know, it's well, and that's what's so hard about it
0: because you you don't get that pay like when they when he shows back up in Infinity War, you don't get a payoff, and then ultimately when she dies, like you don't really feel like he's that sad.
1: No, <laughs> like which is weird
0: because <laughs> like I, I, yeah, you would get why um, why Hawkeye would be sad. They're best best friends. But, like he had this kind of budding thing with her, and it's just done,
1: yeah, it's, uh... yeah, it 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 there's gonna be a lot of stuff that'll come out in twenty years about different Marvel plots that were talked about that were never paid off. like, yeah, you know, they wanted to use Captain Marvel in this movie. They decided against it. Oh, you know, there's a lot of that I'm sure that there's gonna be a lot of intrigue one day about what it all happened,
0: yeah, that would be cool.
1: And then the other cool
0: little thing I just caught at the end um, when uh, Laura, Laura Barton. Yeah. Yeah. Ha- has her baby. Um, it's Nathaniel Pietro. I yeah. That was really sweet. It's <laughs> really sweet. I love that. So, um, okay. So yes, as having another Pietro in, in the universe, like he's fine. Um, he's definitely not the most memorable one, but um, you know, it'll be interesting to see where uh, the show goes with it and, Um, if there's more than meets the eye and like, because he's maybe there, we're getting shades of him. Maybe
1: we don't know. We don't
0: know. Um, but Hey, we're, we took a dive back into phase two of the MCU. We have a bunch of Marvel movies that we haven't seen or we've seen. We haven't talked about. (laughs) Definitely. Um, so everyone keep an eye out for what's next from us. We're, we're just going to throw whatever we feel like at you.
1: Um, <laughs> no, no rhyme or reason. No
0: rhyme or reason. I mean, there's rhymes and reasons, but there's no discernible plan or or clear thread. It's not we like don't have a big bad. We're, we're not going to Ant-Man, I'll tell you that. That's not no, the next one we're covering. So um, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Let us know what your thoughts are on Age of Ultron. Um, as always, you can find us on iTunes, on stitcher google play spotify long lost heroes podcast you can uh rate please rate and review the podcast we really appreciate it um you can write us at info at longlostheroes.net you can find us online at www.longlostheroes.net you can find us on the social media channels on facebook instagram and twitter at llh podcast i'm frank i'm aj and thank you very much everyone we'll catch you soon